Hello and welcome to episode number 10 of the Lions Podcast. My name is Matt Brown. Joined each and every week by some of the brightest minds in all the gambling industry. And I'm sorry to let you down, but we're just joined by Brett and Dustin again. So, I mean, just right off the bat here, uh, I kid, I kid. Both of these guys right on top of their game when it comes to everything that's going on in this great country of ours and gambling news. Brett, thanks for being here. Thank you. Yeah, Dustin. we tried to get Eric on this week, but uh, Dustin sent him off to New Jersey again. Yeah, so we'll have him on next week, and he'll talk about the you know things that were going on there. Hopefully, he gets to party with Marky Mark tonight. Dustin, did you give him? <laughs> did you give him enough money on this trip to where if he needs to go clubbing with Marky Mark, that he can he at least expense that? I mean, can we can we uh, do that? I gave him five dollars and told him to run him with the blackjack table, <laughs> and if if he could do that, then then he can go hang out with Marky Mark. Okay, all right, yes, uh, we will get to that in uh, just a little bit as well. We start out with the quick hits, like usual. Talk some New Jersey stuff and everything that's going on over there. If there's any other states to keep an eye on here, we'll talk about DFS. We got some interesting numbers from those guys and close out. With some World Series of Poker talk, a pretty interesting thing and a pretty fun thing actually went down uh, this past week over there. Quick hits, update on New York. Dustin, I know that last time that we got on this very podcast a week ago, it was doom and gloom and we were talking about the bad things going on in New York, but it seems like at least there is a flicker, a glimmer, if you will, of hope. Yeah, so we talked to a lawmaker, uh, a important lawmaker in New York, Gary Pretlow, who's uh, big into the gaming issues there. Uh, His district has a a racetrack, so he's always into these issues. And he said um, that he believes that betting will uh, will go uh, forward at the four commercial casinos in the state. And this is not the tribal casinos. It's not the racetracks. There are four commercial casinos uh, uh, that were allowed earlier this decade under a referendum. So um, he seems to believe that the state's going to move forward, letting sports betting happen only at these four casinos, not mobile wagering offsite. So, um, yeah, not quite the full suite of things that we that we hope to see in New York, but it does look like if you live upstate or want to go up to upstate New York, you might have a shot at uh, betting at one of these casinos later this year or early 2019. Brett, how far are you away from one of those physical casinos? I think I'm about two and a half hours from both Tioga Downs and Del Lago. So I, I'm surrounded by tribal casinos, so really nothing near me. So it would be a bit of a hike to uh, to fire a futures bet if I wanted to. So I guess it's one of those situations you're just going to have to hang out. Because, uh, I mean, driving two and a half hours, and this is the reason why we talk about why uh, mobile is so important. Like, you might make the trek once to set up a mobile account to where you could sit in the privacy of your own home in your underwear and make bets. But to be able to go and do that on the regular, just it's just not very practical a five-hour round trip i mean i can't imagine you you really wanting to get money down that badly well it gives me gives me a reason to visit some family because they are actually close to tell you go down so if i do make the trek out <laughs> to see see my dad and uh, a few cousins that maybe i'll, I'll make the trip over to Tayoga to, to make a bet but you yeah just, it's otherwise it's going to be uh it's going to be just me staying home you just come back with a handful of betting slips they just look at you all, <laughs> all they just they just look at you all disappointingly they're just like oh man come on Brett seriously and you're like what man it's a two and a half hour trip down here I've got to take advantage of this uh Pennsylvania regulations Dustin this is something that's been a pretty hot topic I mean even we've heard some of these operators even come out and say that you know the way that things are set up it's going to be hard for them to make any money I mean, with the way that the uh, laws were passed and, of course, the tax rates and different things like that. What's going on there in Pennsylvania? Uh, the newest thing is just they, they issued more regulations. It's another step toward them actually rolling out legal sports betting. Uh, we're not real close to, to, to having anything launched there. But the latest is that each casino in the state, and there are 12, soon to be 13, when, when a Philly casino opens uh, near the stadium district there, um, that – 
each one of them can only have one mobile app slash website. So it's going to be a pretty limited choice of what you what what you're going to see, um, at least from the casinos. You're not going to see all sorts of different brands. You're going to see, you know, there's there's Parks Casino. They could have a, it's going to be a, a site that's has their name in it. It could be powered by somebody who we're familiar with, like uh, you know, uh, Betfair or or William Hill or something like that. Any somebody who's a European provider, but it's going to have to be named have have Parks in name. So we we do know a little bit more about sports betting. We're not real close to launch but um you could see things moving along in pennsylvania at least and do you feel gut feeling here that with the way things are set up right now that we will see people go ahead and and just basically take the plunge and pay what they're asking them to pay or do you think there's going to be need to be some pretty significant movement on that front before we see these guys actually uh kind of go in head first here I think people are going to try. I think, I mean, we've talked about this before, $10 million licensing fee for a, for an existing casino licensee to get a sports betting. They got to pay a, an effective tax of 36% on revenue. These are awful things, but you know, we've got States all around them moving with, with sports betting, you know, New Jersey uh, has mobile wagering and, and sports books. So if you're, if you like, if you're serious, you I think you almost have to eat this money and say, Hey, we're going to give it a try. I don't think all of them will, but I think enough of them will that we're going to see. We'll definitely see some, some sports books, and, and mobile sports betting uh, before not too long. Yeah. Well, can we can we set a line on whether PA <laughs> will have sports betting by the end of the year? Who end of the year, man? You know, I think online casino they've been working so hard on. I, you know, they still have a lot of regulations. I I just don't feel like they're going to be ready by the end of the year. But you know, I could go either way. That's not a very good line. That would bust your that would bust your line though, bet right? I mean, this is one. If one more state goes, you lose. Is this correct? No, my my bets on how many laws are passed uh, this year. Okay, uh, okay. I, 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 you have to read the fine print on, on the bets <laughs> that I offer on Twitter. <laughs> All right, Indiana. Looking here, um, this is one of the things where this dates back uh, quite a while, but uh, Indiana in the news here, and something interesting to us because FanDuel and DraftKings are involved. Yeah, so uh, if you're familiar with college daily fantasy sports, that used to be a thing. We've talked about it before a little bit on this podcast, but uh, uh, several players from uh, College Indiana are suing FanDuel and DraftKings for using their names in, in daily fantasy contests. And this, uh, and the Indiana Supreme Court actually heard oral arguments today in this case, and where where they're saying uh, they, they owe, owe damages for not paying paying them for using their names in these contests uh, around college football. So uh, we heard oral arguments. We don't really have a, a sense of of what's going to happen or when we're going to get a result from this. But this is a kind of a big deal because uh, it's also ties into all the stuff we talk about sports betting and, you know, player unions wanting to say, Hey, we get a cut of this. You can't just use our names if you want to place bets on our athletes. So um, it's got a lot of implications besides just the bottom line for FanDuel and DraftKings. So uh, once we actually see a verdict from that, um, we'll be excited. We'll not excited, but we'll be uh, you know tracking the implications of what that might mean. And listen, if we're going to be critical of these guys, we should give credit where credit is due as well. FanDuel ran a promotion uh, the pa- this past week that was actually one of the more interesting ones. And when you kind of break it down as to, to why they're doing it, it makes perfect sense. But they sent an email out to everyone that was an active customer at one point or another throughout the history of FanDuel and basically said, hey, for the next week, we're going to be throwing 100 to to $1,000 into random people's accounts. It's good for 24 hours. If you don't use it, it goes to waste. And we're just going to put it back into someone else's account. Uh, pretty interesting promotion, Dustin. You and I talked about it on, on, on just our Slack channel just a little bit. But, um, you know, listen, innovative stuff like this that will drive people back to opening their account 
Um, I would imagine probably got some people back playing, and it certainly at least, uh, you know, even Brett, let's let's ask you. I mean, I know you've moved some of your or most of your DFS action to some of the other sites out there. Did it at least have you pop open your FanDuel account for, you know, even if you hadn't done it in a couple months? One second, I am checking right now. <laughs> I, do, I, do, I, do, I do not have $5,000 in my account yet today either, so I'm holding out for, for tomorrow. Yeah, I got nothing here. Uh, yeah, I haven't played Fatal in a while now, so it definitely got me back on the site and looking around to see what they have. And they've actually got some pretty cool contests here that they didn't have the last time I, I played. So, yeah, I think this is a really smart promotion for them. Yeah, yeah, real smart. I mean, listen, if you're a, if you're a guy that, that at the end of the day – that you know even finding a hundred dollars in your account would be basically you know just the the nut high right there i mean you would just love it so much i mean yeah this is this is something i think got people popping back in i had a couple of my friends say that they were popping in or whatever i've yet to have anyone that won though i, I haven't had anyone uh, hit me up that said that they actually had money in their account but i'm sure there are people out there that did but listen like we said give credit where credit's due FanDuel, pretty interesting little promotion that they ran certainly got some eyeballs back onto the site that hadn't been there in quite some time All right, we talked about the New Jersey governor. We talked about how whenever he was making his bet, he was going to make a bet on Germany. Germany in the World Cup, as you know, one of the huge, huge favorites is no longer there, Brett. He lost his futures bet on the World Cup. Well, this serves him right for betting on Germany the day his U.S. state launched legal sports betting. What is that? Also, if you're going to bet a future, why why are you betting the favorite? There's what, What's the fun in that? Don't bet favorites. Yeah, yeah I this, mean, is a, this is a giant crash and burn from Germany. I'm, I'm not a big uh, football guy, but I know for sure that Germany was one of the favorites going in. Listen, listen, I, I know we, I think I even ranted about this last week, but soccer guy on Twitter just gets worse and worse as the World Cup continues. <laughs> like, it, it, like soccer guy on Twitter is the worst. I mean, football pit everything is brilliant like someone makes an awesome catch in 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 the nfl and you're just like god damn that was an amazing catch and everyone can just get away with just saying wow that was her someone makes a cross or a or a pass and, so, and it's brilliant or it's beautiful or it's whatever it's like come on man like seriously just uh, the, why do we have to have a completely different lingo for this sport that by the way is just the just the worst sport there possibly is i mean if have you tried dustin have you tried to watch any of this world cup uh, I have not actually watched any World Cup. I follow it on Twitter and watch the reactions you say. I, I, I do. I think I like soccer more than the rest of you. I actually covered it uh, a bit, uh, high, prep, prep sports when I covered it in Washington, D.C. So I, I'm not quite as uh, as against it. I'll probably watch some of the knockout uh, knockout rounds. And uh, I'm obviously, I'm like most people will watch it more when the U.S. is involved. Yeah, I mean. Just every- watch the last two minutes and you've seen everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously, that's just the way this goes. I mean, come on, man. Anyway, soccer guy, you know who you are. Just be normal, seriously. Uh, and finally, here in our quick hitters, there was a tweet from outgoing Rich Muni. PPA has evolved into a new organization, the Poker Alliance. The extra P in there used to be Poker Players Alliance. That is PokerAlliance.com. PPA has figured has been fighting to expand iPoker since 2005. Poker Alliance will continue to fight for the rights of poker players and expanding access to poker. It was later disclosed that the organization is now actually owned by the people who own Poker Central, which is also the people who own Poker Go, uh, the over-the-top streaming network for a bunch of poker stuff that's going on uh, this summer and, of course, throughout the course of the year Dustin this was an organization that was pretty much and and this is not us uh, speculating here and this is not us uh, you know really looking behind the curtain this is something they would talk openly about has been running on fumes for for quite a while now and I think everyone expected it probably was just going to to go away 
Yeah, I mean, the, the the push for poker was, I mean, a lot of that was predicated on California, which uh, if, you, if you follow the space, California has had, uh, tried to pass online poker for more than a decade. Nothing's happened in, in, in the last two years. There's really been nothing happened. So like pa- trying to get poker across the finish line there was kind of the, the big thing for the poker players alliance um, in the last few years. And then that, 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 that effort was kind of dead. So it's, it's, it's good. Yes. To see this kind of be still a group. It's, it's a name that, you know, it's, they've done a lot of good work in legislatures we also have another group called idea the ideal i development and economic association which kind of lobbies on behalf of the online gambling industry which is a little different from what this is what this does but it you know it's it's not bad out to have people out there lobbying for legal online poker uh when it comes down to it no matter what the form yeah i mean i look at it there you know there's tons of money behind poker central we know that they're they're very well funded um so even if it's just like you're saying, even if it's just someone out there, even if the group is, is much smaller than it used to be and, and things like that, uh, fighting the good fight, it can never hurt. I mean, putting, you know, some statistics, putting uh, the right narrative in front of some of these politicians, because as we know, and as you know, better than anyone on the face of the planet, most of these guys are actually just very ill informed as to how things actually work and the different things that go on. So at least if there's somebody out there putting the right thing forward for these people as they you know consider these bills and whatnot. It's got to be a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. There's, it's education is, is a huge thing in especially in online gambling. So, um, and online poker. So, any anybody out there trying to do that, uh, yeah, I'm I'm all for that. And all I right. think Kerry wants the best for this industry too. So, I think this is a positive thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, there, he refers to Kerry Katz. Kerry Katz is the uh, billionaire that is behind the Poker Central Poker Go uh, empire over there. Just built a huge new studio at the aria casino here in las vegas they're going to run tons of programming out of there and things like that so he is a huge huge poker advocate so hopefully they can get some stuff done there um as brett mentioned our very own eric ramsey on the road yet again he is went went over to a couple of openings here today brett marky mark makes the first bet i I mean what what who did marky mark bet on what was in guys i know he's mark Wahlberg, and i understand he hadn't been marky mark in a long time but to me he came into my life as marky mark so he will always be marky mark to me uh brett who did he bet on what what, what's marky mark's bet you know what i was looking to see what he did bet on and i couldn't find it i know he was he was getting pressured to bet on the eagles obviously because of the role he played in the the old eagles uh Vinny, what, what was the football player's name that he played in, in the movie? <laughs> but uh, I, I would imagine it had to be an Eagles future. But he is a Sox guy too, so uh, I'm I'm not sure. Did you guys see? I did. I didn't see what he bet on. All I saw is that he's he's obviously a fake Patriots fan and uh, tried to lead the Eagles chant at the Ocean Resort Casino launch. Uh, so uh, I, I, it's uh, I, he's obviously pandering. You know, he's he's also opening a restaurant there. So uh, I did not see if he if he actually what the what the bet was if it's out there. So the two casinos that went live, the Hard Rock and the Ocean Resort today. Hard Rock uh, ended their opening ceremony with people smashing guitars all over the place which i guess is 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 fine and dandy i suppose i'm still going to go ahead and give the leg up there to ocean resort by pulling marky mark i think that wins over smashing a bunch of guitars what say you Brad? they had they had indoor fireworks too all before Brett oh, answers. oh all right all right all right so there we go there we go brett i mean you have to be going marky mark right yeah, but nothing lives up to the, the doctor. Dr. J wins all. I would have to go, to go Dr. J is, is the big winner. But yeah, Mark Wahlberg was a, it was very it was surprising today. I, I'm curious why they went with Mark Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, it's just I mean, listen, I'm sure someone said, "Hey, I've got a I've got an end to this incredibly A-list Hollywood actor. Do you have any interest?" And they're like, 
Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, no, he's, I mean, he's pretty. He's pretty. The reason why is he's got the what the Wahlburgers. Let's go okay. in at Hard at Hard Rock or at Ocean Resort, right? So that that's, why it's, that's why it's that's why it's the Wahlburger. They there's a couple of those here. Actually, I've yet to I've yet to taste a Wahlburger. Uh, I don't know. If I, I can't give it a ringing endorsement, or I can't say anything <laughs> bad about it. So, uh, Dustin, where are we at with with the rest of New Jersey here? Um, we obviously there's going to be some more launches. Where are we at with mobile? I know everyone. Is really kind of that's the the big big thing here is when we can get mobile going. Yeah, so the two new casinos that opened today, Hard Rock does not have a sports book, uh, but did, they did talk about it today. They are going to have a sports book. They all love mobile betting. There's been some reporting about their relationship with the Miami Dolphins Stadium, maybe holding them up. Apparently, that's not going to happen. So they will have sports betting. Ocean Resort has a William Hill sports book uh, live today, um, and we're still a few weeks away from mobile betting anywhere. Uh, the law passed saying they can roll it out early, uh, mid July, uh, so we're there. Uh, other places we got Meadowlands July 15th, uh, racetrack in Northern Jersey close to New York uh, they'll launch then Caesars three casinos have said they'll launch in August um, resorts uh, another casino in Atlantic City TBA DraftKings of course is an online partner for them Gold Nugget, uh, also another TBA. They're the the leader in online casino there, so expect them to make a big splash in in the online. And then we have Trop, which uh, we don't the Trop Canada, which we have no idea what they're doing. They haven't really said anything. So lots of uh, lots of uh, stuff still to come, and so lots of sports books and online offerings to come in New Jersey. Yeah, and you know, looking here at uh, you know Monmouth and Borgata already had had been open, and the Monmouth track came out and said that you know for June sixteenth and seventeenth that the the handle for those two days was plus eighteen percent year over year, and the attendance actually at Monmouth Park was up twenty one percent year over year. The owner. Uh, came out and, and said that he said that this is one of the things that he feels really good about and that they feel that they can increase the the days that they offer betting that they are the better purses and that they can help the breeding industry come back as well but you know listen pretty positive numbers I know it's very very early but when you look at it I mean this is kind of something that we all expected as well right I mean you get people in the door for something else and then uh, maybe they came in to like you said place a place a bet on the socks or something like that and then they decide like yeah okay I'll stick around and and, and bet a couple of horses while I'm here. So getting people in the door, and we talk about sports betting, a lot of these casinos just being more of a luxury and amenity, if you will. But, uh, but these are hard numbers right here at Monmouth Park that seems like this is uh, something that's certainly going to be very good for them. Yeah, absolutely. You look at, I mean, you forget about whatever the revenue numbers and the handle numbers are going to be just for sports betting, but that if sports betting is getting people in the door, that means they're betting like, like we saw in the numbers that you just cited, they're betting on the, on the horse, horse races too. They're coming, they're maybe eating a meal there. They're just hanging out. It makes the place more, seem more alive than, than tracks sometimes are uh, on a, on a mid, on a midweek day. Um, so yeah, this is, this is what you should be looking at sports book. It's an amenity. It gets people in the door. It's something else to give your customers. Um, and that, that really stands out at racetracks, which, you know, obviously, struggle on, on on days when there's not big races or or or, tra- or other reasons to go uh, like a big race uh, somewhere else that you might watch so yeah definitely a good thing for uh, to see that happen uh, at one particular track in new jersey yeah absolutely and, you know like you said they feel like they can increase their days and offer better purses and things like that and that's got to be good for everything now one of the things that happened also uh, this week brett was DraftKings put out a deal and you know listen they've been they've been really starting to to do some advertising trying to do some branding uh hitting up their current customer base and things like that for as far as ramping up for sports betting. But one of the things that they said that really stuck out to a lot of people was, was taking bets on something as small as hot dog as the hot dog eating contest. Now, can, can they really take bets on the hot dog eating contest here? 
Uh, well, we're going to find out. I mean, this has been one of the advantages for offshore books, being able to skip any regulatory restrictions and offer bets on a wide range of events. Of course, one of those is the Nathan's famous hot dog eating contest. Uh, DraftKings seems to think they will be allowed to provide odds for these type of events. They didn't specify New Jersey, but it sounds like they're getting ready for it in the U.S., uh, it, this really is not surprising from DraftKings. This is a company that skirted the UIGA by launching golf and NASCAR DFS contests. They're aggressive. They push the limits. And I, I think if they see a path to offer games that other books aren't offering and do it legally, they're going to do it. Man, could you imagine? Dustin, Are you? is this something you would bet on? I feel like this is something I, that you, as, as ridiculous as it sounds, I, th- I feel like this is something you could get down with. Oh, absolutely. If I can bet on how I many uh, Joey Chestnut, how many hot dogs he's going to down, I, I like the, I like betting the over under on that. That sounds like a great bet. I'll, but, but let's put, yeah, it's not something that would ever be booked in Nevada. Um, it's not something that, you know, serious books have, have taken to date. Um, it's not really, it's other than offshore books. So I, I, I find it hard to believe that New Jersey is going to allow this, but we don't, we're in a brand new world. It's possible. Um, I don't know if DraftKings has talked to regulators there and say, Hey, can we offer hot dog eating contest bets? So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll find out. Um, but you know, obviously it's, and it takes place, uh, you know, in New Jersey, right? So, or, uh, not New Jersey it takes place at Coney Island. Um, yeah. So there's at least a possibility that, you know, somebody says, hey, this is a great idea. Let's do it. It looks like we'd probably be setting the line somewhere about 71 and a half as far as the uh, hot dogs go. I'm looking here <laughs> at the numbers over the years. Uh, 2012, Chestnut ate 68 to win. In 2013, he ate 69 to win. In 2014, something happened. I don't know. Maybe he was sick. Maybe he was injured <laughs> or whatever. Only 61. He still was able to win that competition. He was dethroned in 2015 by a guy named Matt Stoney, who ate 62 hot dogs. That ended a eight-year winning streak for Joey Chestnut, actually. He came back strong in 2016 and put down 70 of those things, and last year won with 72. So I guess our, our line probably like 71 and a half here for Chestnut. Um, can, does, does the mere thought of that kind of make you throw up in your mouth? 72 hot dogs in 10 minutes? I mean, that makes me kind of throw up just even thinking about that. I'm, we're doing it. We're doing this in Vegas. When next time I come, we're doing hot dog contests. You see, you see what's happening here, though. Even if, if this doesn't happen, we're talking about the DraftKings sportsbook. So kudos yeah. to DraftKings. No, uh, this is this is the, actually a great point. DraftKings has been their, uh, and this is not this. Is, I know somebody PR is listening to this, but their PR absolutely crushes it. They they put something out like, oh, we're applying for a license for a casino, and they they put it out immediately uh, to for to offer sports betting. And they put it out immediately, and then a million people cover it, not just us. I mean, we're covering probably everything they do, but yes, this is uh, they're they're actually running some amazing PR slash marketing right now because they get people talking about them in a lot of different ways, in a ways that uh, that other sports betting operators really aren't. So I, I totally agree with Brett. Sorry to go on that tangent but they really are doing a good job on their pr i have to say i mean do you guys remember when kobayashi was dominating the circuit do you remember when he was eating all the hot dogs and stuff (laughs) like that i mean he won one year with 44 and a half i mean this guy wouldn't even be able he wouldn't even be on the stage with these guys these days i mean the athletes have just gotten so much better i mean like literally nearly 30 hot dogs less than joey chestnut ate last year is what kobayashi won with just, just 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 in 2003 when he was just the hottest thing going can't believe and these guys, these guys are uh, these are guys are elite athletes. So I think you termed that correctly. No, absolutely, yes. I mean, they are certainly fine-toned and <laughs> fine-tuned athletes 
as well. All right, Dustin, you know, some of these other states that we're just keeping an eye on here, uh, Connecticut, Kentucky, Illinois, um, where are we at with these three guys? I mean, at least, at least they're still on the radar with us. Uh, Connecticut, they keep saying the governor might call a special session to legalize sports betting. And we talked about Rhode Island last week. They might, uh, they legalized it. This might at least make Connecticut uh, say, Hey, maybe we should be doing this. No, Rhode Island right across the border is doing this. So, um, least possibility of that this summer, uh, Kentucky saw a new bill with a ridiculous, uh, 3% of, of handle tax, which, uh, as we, if you listen to this podcast is a ridiculous amount of money, it would equate to something like 60% of revenue going to Kentucky. Um, so there's a bill they're going to look at next year. So we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see till 2019, uh, new, new story. We just ran at legal sports report today. Uh, we've heard hearings could be called in the legislature as soon as next month. Uh, they're actually out of session, but they hold hearings kind of while they're out of session, um, to, on to- topics they want to talk about to prepare for legislation, uh, when they come back in the session after November election. So, um, it'll Illinois looks like, uh, you know, for my money, from what I've heard, is uh, currently a favorite probably to get something done uh, in either late 2018 or early 2019. So uh, if you're in Chicago, lucky you. Keeping the momentum going there. I mean, this is uh, this is one of those things where if, if, if the snowball effect can hopefully continue with, with these various days and getting these things going. Now, Brett, let's talk about some DFS here. Um, we got some numbers. You can go over to LegalReportsReport.com. You can see the entire article here. But it looks kind of like the DFS industry is, is kind of, uh, you know, at least over the last year, plateaued here, uh, flatlined a little bit. $3.2 billion in entry fees, about $335 million in revenue. Revenue compared to the same, you know, as compared to 2016, 2017 data that showed about the same handle at 3.2 billion. Uh, the revenue was a little bit smaller. Of course, we've talked ad, ad nauseum, and certainly if you follow any of the Twitter about the rate increases and different things like that, and so uh, a little bit more revenue for them in total, but. Uh, you know, DFS looks to be kind of on a on a flat line here. And, you know, I look, I guess to me it seems uh, about right. I mean, there was, uh, you know, some of these projections that we saw and some of these, uh, you know, cra- crazy statements of, of grandeur about, you know, what the ceiling for the industry was were, you know, uh, just that. I mean, they were, they were crazy. So, um, you know, I, I still think that there's a little bit of room for growth here, but uh, certainly, you know, seeing these numbers, is pretty eye popping. Yeah, this is this is not surprising at all. The excitement, the intrigue is worn off a little bit. And look, from a consumer consumer perspective, as you said, the rake has climbed quite a bit over the past few years. The games are tougher to beat. Uh, a lot of the money is in these huge millionaire maker type contests where first place gets as much as 40% of the overall prize pool. So you're not keeping money in the ecosystem. Uh, the players become less engaged when their money disappears and they don't want to deposit anymore. So the growth is stunted. And I think this is a huge mistake that these sites have made. Uh, and now you're going to see sports betting coming in a couple weeks. So I think we're going to see a, a pretty rapid decline in the DFS handle as, as players get drawn to the new shiny object. And then maybe we start to see some changes in the operations on the DFS side. Uh, until then, I, I think there is a clear sign of this, is a clear sign of, of a decline here coming over the next year. And what Brett means by that, when he says, you know, the, the money not staying in the ecosystem, what normally happens in these scenarios where someone wins one of these incredibly top heavy prize pools. And even if it's not the millionaire maker, some of these, Tournaments are still paying out, you know, obscene percentages to the person that finishes in first, sometimes, you know, 30% plus to the guy that finishes in first. And 
uh, the first thing that person does is withdraw a good bit of that money. That money is not actually put directly back into play where it starts to trickle back down into the economy. That money is actually removed from the DFS economy. So uh, pretty interesting here with the way DFS is going. You know, Dustin, one of the things that I've talked to you about, you know, several times over the last year that kind of baffled me. And now, of course, it's never going to happen because they're, they're both shifting their thoughts towards sports betting was uh, the thing that surprised me the most was that they never pushed the DFS model as a viable alternative to season long. And this was the craziest thing to me is as opposed to trying to play it on a week to week basis, but offering DFS, the DFS model as a season long product, which they barely kind of rolled out a little bit last year and things like that, but they never really gave it a good push. They never really said that this is the better way to play fantasy sports. And that always kind of baffled me because they were talking about how they wanted to draw the season long players into these weekly games. And, you know, we, we bitch about it all the time as season long, you know, fantasy sports players, Brett, I'm sure you've been a victim of it. I'm sure you have as well. Dustin, you have a high round pick guy gets hurt, especially in football that can absolutely crush your entire season. But if you were drafting a team each and every week to play against your friends and the score and the score rolled on and th- different things like that, I think that it's a pretty viable, interesting alternative to the traditional fantasy sports model. But th- I guess it was just something that they never really uh, felt was going to be able to move the needle for them. I know this is the mystery of I think of DFS is that back when you go we, when I think back to 2014 2015 when DFS was really trying to explode, this is this was what this is the path forward. They you looked at this huge uh, universe of people who play fantasy sports on a season long basis uh, and the, the tens of millions you know depending on the estimates you know up, upwards of 50 million people in the United States play some sort of season long fantasy, and just you know they haven't been converted to DFS for whatever reason whether it's because like you said they haven't marketed it enough. In the, in the right way, or it's just not the same, not an appealing product to people who play season long. They just don't want to put the money into it. They don't have the, the time, feel like they don't have the time to research. But this is the mystery is because, yes, DraftKings says it has 10 million registered users. It's, it's, it's monthly activists are a lot less than that. Um, but they haven't just, they've never had that penetration into the season long market. And, you know, it, that's when you, when you look back at DFS and say, like, why didn't it, why didn't it happen? There's, 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 there's going to be, I don't know what the answer is going to be, but there's, there's lots of answers to probably why they haven't converted those, all these tens of millions of people to playing DFS, which is what they thought they were going to do three or four years ago. Brett, you know, do you agree with me in the fact that, especially in football, like maybe not so much if you're, if you're a baseball guy, because there's so many different players and, you know, different, and the season is so long and things like that. I mean, maybe the traditional way that you play fantasy baseball in a season long Uh, league that you're in with your friends and stuff like that works out just fine but from a football standpoint doesn't it seem like the dfs like setup is just a better setup than the traditional fantasy sports model yeah i I agree and i I, i'm also i'm surprised it hasn't caught on uh the the season long with the the weekly scoring i'm i'm happy already i've I've seen yahoo now launch for the nfl they have a yahoo cup right which is kind of like that they have that, but they've also launched leagues with uh, with the model that we just talked about, which I am excited about. And, and we also that's... we don't we also don't necessarily have you know well I guess you know these those are included in these numbers like you know the the private they are the private things that are out there like where you can just set it up between your between friends or whoever it's it's out there um but yeah we don't I, I don't yeah i definitely don't get the impression that this is like a dominant way of how dfs is going to be played moving forward yeah. right 
It just is, I don't know, it always seemed odd to me that if you were marketing to, you know, obviously the easiest person you would think to convert would be a person who is playing season long and you didn't try to make it more accustomed to what they're used to and then maybe they, they, they dip their toe into the weekly model. I don't know, always, always something that kind of was curious to me. Uh, we'll end here on the World Series of Poker, obviously still rocking and rolling, kind of coming to an end. Uh, out here in Las Vegas, at tip to Michael the Grinder, Ms. Rocky, who won his third $50,000 buy-in Poker Players Championship. Uh, Brett, you've been in poker a long time, and actually, Dustin, you have too. As far as accomplishments go, from my standpoint, that's got to be kind of right up there with some of the absolute most impressive, because if you're not familiar with the 50K uh, poker Players Championship and how that works. They play several different games, so it's not, you know, you don't you can't be a no-limit hold'em specialist and win. You can't be a PLO specialist and win. You can't be a limit game uh, specialist and win. You really have to be incredibly well-rounded and good at all of those games. It is a very long, drawn-out format. The tournament is like five or six days long, so, uh, you know, tons and tons of play. You can't really skirt uh, not knowing how to play any of the games or not being good at them. Uh, Brett, let's start with you. I mean, as far as, as, far as that goes... It, where does it, from you, where does that land on basically the greatest accomplishments in, in poker history? Oh, it's up there. And and look, if you don't believe that this is a, an incredible thing, just listen to the players who play this tournament talk about how amazing it is. Brian Rast, who's won this event twice, is just blown away at what the grinder has done. I, I just, it's, and it, the amazing thing is just, he has such a unorthodox style in how he plays. And I think that's why players are just, they just can't wrap their head around how incredible it is because this is a guy who uh, has been up and down as much as any player in the game, but just continues to show up to this one tournament. This was the one tournament he actually showed up for this year and he took it down again. Yeah, I know it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty crazy, Dustin. I mean, you hear about, I mean, listen, Justin Bonomo is having one of the greatest years in the history of poker as well. If you guys go to his, you know, hidden and mob page, you will just see what we're talking about here. It is absolutely absurd. I mean, what he has done so far this year. But if we're just talking about career accomplishments, I mean, other than the main event itself, I think arguably to me, the 50K is probably the most prestigious tournament, certainly in the eyes of the hardcore poker community and the poker players themselves. Uh, pretty big deal here, huh, Dustin? Yeah, I mean, heaters aside, like just coming, like winning this, this is the best poker players in the world in a relatively small tournament with a lot of money on the line and you're playing every variant of poker around, right? So you, or it has in the past. And um, it's, it's, it, yeah, I can't, I don't think I could, I think I'd put it up there. It's definitely top five in, in poker accomplishments for me. It might be, it might be number one as far as how impressive it is. Matt Mendez, if you've never heard of him, he won the $565 PLO online bracelet event. If you're wondering why that is such a big deal, there were 657 players. He took home $135,000, but he did so in New Jersey. This was, we talked about how big a deal the pool, player pooling was, and they've had these online bracelets before, but you had to be physically located in Nevada to actually win one of those. Now they have extended that border out to New Jersey and Delaware. Um, pretty cool. It, for me, when I saw this, I just thought, man, that's pretty cool. Um, of course, I didn't win. I did bust this event, so that was not cool. But, um, <laughs> you know, listen, I, I, when I saw that a guy in, in New Jersey won it, the first thing that came to mind, Dustin, was just, that's pretty cool, man. You know, you know, with this being the the, the first year that, that the New Jersey people are eligible, it's kind of kind of neat. 
Yeah, and the New Jersey residents playing in New Jersey weren't a huge part of this uh, of the player pool, so it wasn't really the odds were not in the in favor of this happening. So it is the first first year of player pooling for for WSOP online bracelets. It's yeah, it's nice that one of the four bracelets went to somebody from New Jersey, and this is this is the hope moving forward is that we we add more states, we have more possibilities of this bigger prize pools. Um, we hope Pennsylvania could possibly be involved in this next year. So yeah, this is uh, I, for me. It's cool. It's it, it gives me hope that I can play it. WSOP online bracelet event someday. Yeah, what a great marketing tool for WSOP.com. You don't have to be in Nevada to win a bracelet anymore. That's, right. It's, it's truly a historic moment for the WSOP. I thought it was great. And Brett, another one of your sites, uh, US Poker, is we talked about this being kind of the end of the World Series here. And the reason I say that is the main event is going to be starting here in just a few days. July the 2nd is when that gets going here. Uh, several day ones, of course, but uh, it's going to be going all the way through July the 14th. But you guys over at US Poker, uh, have a have a guide if you, if people want to take a look at uh, everything that goes on between the second and the fourteenth. Yeah, like last year, ESPN ESPN two Poker Go will be airing coverage on a slight delay, thirty minute delay throughout the entire tournament. So if you want to tune in, uh, we've got the full breakdown of the stream and TV schedule in an article right on the homepage at US Poker. Uh, we've also got a f- fun series of articles leading up to. The main event, which, as Matt said, starts on Monday. So you want to check those out. Let us know what you think. Um, it's it's an exciting time. It's it's the biggest event of the year, and uh, everybody's going to be tuning in. So uh, definitely check that out uh, if you're going to watch the coverage. Yeah, and it's a – listen, it is – you think it's not all that great, but, I mean, the technology has gotten so good now with the way that you can look at whole cards and chip stacks and different things that are going on, percentages popping up in real time. Uh, it, it's it's a much different live poker viewing experience than it has been in the past where watching live poker was pretty painful, but it is uh, much, much different now. So if you are a big poker fan, I certainly would say to tune in and take a look at all that. So guys, before we get out of here, we got to let people know. Uh, we'll start with you, Dustin. How many hot dogs do you think you could actually eat in 10 minutes? Uh, t- you know, I've, I've eaten six corn dogs in what 20 minutes for that's uh, corn dogs are, are like massively they have a lot of cornbread right around them right. so they're that's really hard I, I, Wait, that, by like, by choice yeah well somebody challenged me i i, <laughs> I, 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 I feel i don't know I, I could feel like i could probably eat at least 20 without any preparation How about okay that? brett where, wow. where what's your what's your line at man do i have to eat the roll yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The roll. You can dump it. In, you can dump it in water. Yeah, in water like those guys do. Come on, have you never have you never seen the hot? It's just it's just filthy and vile and disgusting. They're yeah, just dipping these things in these giant cups of water and just sucking them down. Anyway, it, how many hot dogs can you eat in t- in ten minutes? I don't know if I could do twenty. I'll go fifteen. Yeah, I, f- I feel like I would set the line at myself somewhere close to 20, but I think I would fail. I probably might give myself like a line of 19 and a half, but I think I would probably like. How better. is this? How is this not in the online ga- in the in the gambling Olympics? This, I feel like it should be added, <laughs> right, added immediately because that's an actual because that's an actual skill game. Like uh, eating hot dogs is an actual skill. A lot of these things that we're doing are, are not at all, which is pretty crazy. I mean, yeah, uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more next week uh, before that gets going. Of course, as always, please head over to Legal's sports report head over to online poker report the lines.com play pennsylvania all of our sites as we just mentioned here of course u.s poker has that schedule for all the world series stuff that's going on so uh we have really really uh honed down really really have a great great network here going across all of the sites that we have going so if you have a state that you're interested in we definitely have information for you for dustin galker for brett colson my name is matt brown we will see you guys next week 
Boom. Beautiful, guys.